Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're in the house of the Lord. We, um, I, you, when, when you're having church out here, you, you have no idea sometimes what all's going on behind the scenes. Right before the early service started this morning, we had a power outage. And um, the, the problem with a power outage is it kills everything and you have to reboot and start over. And uh, the thing about the message this morning, um, I've got bookends for my message this morning. I've got a testimony on the screen at the beginning, and I've got a testimony on the screen at the end. And uh, all of that's the, the power outage this morning knocked all that out. Well, right before I got up to preach, the, it came back on long enough to get us through the early service so the early service evidently is more spiritual than <laughs> than this service because it's not working for you at least i'm looking back there is it are you going to try it one more time or is that it we're going to go on without it is that a thumbs up or down can somebody tell me thumbs down all right well, I remember what my pastor told me when I first started preaching. He said, son, if you're going to be a preacher, you've got to be ready at all times to preach, pray, die, testify, and give an offering. <laughs> so, so we're going to go without these testimonies unless it comes on for the last one, and uh, that would be great. But uh, as Pastor Steve, I think, already told you, connection is the word for today. And uh, I'll just give you a little heads up. Brother Taylor gave us his testimony, and we had it on screen, a marvelous testimony. But he shared with the congregation uh, his military connection, of course, and he grew up in a very small church. And when he first came to New Hope, he was intimidated by the size. And so he did not stay with us. He left. And then he said he traveled around different churches trying to find a place. And the Lord really dealt with his heart that he was supposed to be here in this, in this congregation. So he came back. And then he made an effort by going to a small group. And he got connected in a small group. And it turned out to be a great blessing to his life. And, of course, he's turned out to be a great blessing to us. And we just thank the Lord for it. And so that was the first testimony that he shared this morning. And, and I, was, I was just going to springboard off of that to talk to you about connection. Connection, of course, means to fasten together, to associate, to relate, to attach, to join, or to unite. Connection. It's something that we need. And... Um, my scripture text today, and obviously it won't be on the screen, but is, is from one of the wisdom books in the Bible. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, the first sentence simply says, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And of course, the mental picture there is you can take a single cord that maybe you're strong enough to pull in two and break. You could break three of those without any problem. 
But if you took those three and weave them together, those three cords woven together are much more difficult to break than each of these cords by themselves. And of course, the message the writer is trying to get to us is that we need one another. We're stronger together than we are by ourselves. Can somebody say amen? amen. In fact, the Bible refers to the fact that spirit, on a spiritual plane, in spiritual battle, one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So connection multiplies many times over. It, it, it just catapults us forward in what we're able to do in the kingdom of God. And so the first point of my message this morning, I want to tell you that connection is a choice. Our good brother that shared his testimony about how he came and he left and he, he came back and decided to make his effort to connect. Connection is a choice. We, we have to decide. There is a part that we play. Now, I realize that there's a part that the whole corporate body plays. We have a part in this. We, we should always be looking out for people who, um, who are new in our congregation, and we should reach out to them. We should make them feel comfortable. We should let them know how glad we are that they're here and that we want them to become a part of us. But there's also an individual responsibility. Sometimes people will lament to me that they don't have any friends, and I ask them, what effort are you making to have friends? For the Bible says, he that hath friends must first show himself friendly. So there's a part that we have to play in, in this. Let, let me give you an example of this from St. John's Gospel. I love the way St. John begins his gospel uh, as he tells the story of the life of Jesus. He goes on back and begins with John the Baptist, who is the forerunner of Christ. And uh, in John chapter 1, verses 35 to 42, let me read this to you. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. Now, this is talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist had disciples, by the way, as well. He stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Let me stop here just before I read on. John the Baptist, you remember John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. He was prophesied that he would be the forerunner of Christ. That was, that was prophesied hundreds of years before he was born. And he did that. He came preparing the way of the Lord. He came preaching repent and uh, baptizing. But he would tell all of his converts, there's coming one after me that's mightier than I. I'm not even worthy to unlatch his shoelaces. But I'm baptizing you in water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so he's telling people. And in fact, he made this statement. He said, Jesus will increase. He must increase, and I must decrease. In other words, his ministry is going to go on while mine fades out. So here is John standing with two of his disciples. Now, he's already told his crowd that Jesus is coming. He's already told his crowd, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. 
But as Jesus walked by on this, this particular day, two of his disciples are standing with him. It's my opinion that these were two of John's best disciples. I believe that, first of all, because they were with him. And secondly, I believe that because he sends them, as it were, to be with Jesus. Because he says, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. But I want you to notice, they had to make a choice. John said, There he is, guys. That's the one I've been telling you about. That's Jesus. Uh, the, the part that's not said, but what was certainly understood was, <clears throat> you can stay with me, but if you want to go with the ministry that's going to increase and the one I would recommend, I would recommend that you follow Jesus. And then they made that choice and that decision. They followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, he said to them, what do you seek? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. One of the two that heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we found the Messiah, which being translated as the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now look again. John says, <clears throat> Andrew, he, he names Andrew. He doesn't name the other disciple. And here's why I think that he didn't name the other disciple. I think John himself was the other disciple. Uh, many times in the Gospel of John, when he would refer to himself, he wouldn't use his name. He would just refer in the third person. And, 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 and that's what he did in this incident. He said, that, that other disciple. Andrew followed Christ. He doesn't name the other disciple. I think it was him himself, John, the beloved disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, so, and so John the Baptist gives up two of his best, maybe his very best disciples, but they had to make a choice to connect themselves with the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I say to you this morning that each and every one of us have to make an individual decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to get to heaven this morning because mom and daddy are Christians. You're not going to get together, you're not going to get to heaven this morning because grandma and grandpa were good people and followed the Lord. No, no, no. You don't inherit this thing through your family line. You every one of us must have a personal confrontation and, and, and connection with the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Jesus told Nicodemus, you, you must be born again. Not my mama, not my daddy. It's me, O Lord, that's standing in the need of prayer. Amen? And so there has to be that personal connection. And so Andrew and John become connected with the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and what powerful disciples they are. I won't talk much about John, but I will talk about Andrew a little bit because not only did Andrew by choice become connected with the ministry of Jesus, but once he became connected with the ministry of Jesus, he began to connect other people with the ministry of Jesus. Now that's where our part comes in as a church. That's part of the Great Commission 
to let other people know about Jesus. First thing Andrew did, he ran and found his brother Simon Peter. And he said, hey, man, we have found the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And, of course, Simon Peter comes and becomes a part of the disciples of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a connector. Andrew was always connecting folks to Jesus. Do you, you remember over in the, <coughs> over in the, the, the scriptures, of all four Gospels talk about this, but do you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? How many remember that story? With five loaves and two fishes, you remember that? Do you know who it was that found those five loaves and two fishes? It was Andrew. Andrew was always out there working the crowd. I mean, Andrew was not, was not an, a stage person. He was not a platform person. He was, he was not. Peter, James, and John became the out front guys. Andrew was kind of in the background. But let me tell you, what he did was just as important as what the others did because he was always out there looking for people. He's the one. That, when, when Jesus said, I don't want to send these folks home hungry with nothing to eat, and they started looking around to see what they had and took inventory and said, we can't find anything. Andrew said, there's a lad here. I found this kid a while ago. I got to talking to him. I found out he brought his lunch. And he brought that lad to Jesus, said he's got five barley loaves and two fish. And that was enough for Jesus. Folks, it doesn't take much for Jesus to make a whole lot. Amen. You, you may not feel like you much, but if you give your little to Jesus, he can make much out of it. Give God praise for that today. Amen. Amen and amen. There was another time over in John chapter 12 where a bunch of Greeks came in the congregation where Jesus was preaching. And uh, Philip met them and didn't know what to do with them. So you know what he did? He took them to Andrew. Andrew got acquainted with them and brought them to Jesus. Andrew was just so good about connecting people. And I want to tell you, some of you this morning have that gift. You, you do. You, you, just, you just have a gift. You just, uh, your friends become other people's friends, and their friends become your friends. You, ju you just got that knack. It's just in you. It's part of your DNA. It's part of the gift that God placed in you when you were born. It's in your book of remembrance in heaven before you were even born. That was one of the gifts that God was going to give you and bless you with. And you're just able to do it. Why don't you use it for the glory of God? Amen. Get out there and connect people with Jesus. There's nothing better you can do. Use that gift that God has given you. Second thing I want you to know this morning about connection. First of all, it's a choice. Second thing I want you to know is that connection brings comfort. There is comfort in being connected to others. Um, there's a proverb that says, uh, that, it, that it's, it's a sad thing if, if one falls when he's alone. But if he's got others around him to pick him up, to help him, we need each other. You may not think you, you may be, you may be doing good today. You may have everything you want and you may be, you, you may have uh, reached a point in your life where you're kind of selfish. You feel like you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and you don't need anybody else. That is not true. We need each other. 
And if you live long enough, you're going to reach a point in life where you're going to need somebody else. We need each other. We need each other. And, and the, the community that that creates, and I'll talk about community in my third point this morning, but, but the comfort that we receive from that. There's a verse of Scripture. It's one of my favorite in all the Pauline epistles. It's over in Colossians chap, chapter 4 and verse 11. Paul has mentioned a whole bunch of people in chapter 4. I'll give you some of those names in a minute. But this is what he says about these people, because these are people you never heard of. He said, these only are my fellow workers under the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Now, we know that Paul had some close friends, and I've talked about that recently um, in, in messages from this pulpit. Very close friends like Luke and Timothy and and uh, but but there were others that Paul had connection with that he said is so important to my life <laughs> and just in chapter four and I could give you a whole bunch more names if you read the whole book of Colossians but just in chapter four Paul mentioned some of these see how many of these are familiar to you Tychicus Onesimus Aristarchus Marcus Justus Epaphras Archippus. Anybody heard a sermon on any of those guys? You ever heard them preached on? I never have either. Because they're not out front people. They're behind the scenes. But listen to what Paul said about them. Paul said, these people, we work together in the kingdom of God. They're not out front people. They're not platform people. But we work together and Paul said, it's these people who have been a comfort to me. I love that word comfort. I think Paul got it from Dr. Luke because it's a medical term. It's the same medical term that we get the word paragoric from. How many of you old enough to know what paragoric is? Okay. Um, Boy, you're making me feel old. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've taken a lot of paragoric. Paragoric is good if you have stomachache. It's what they used to give babies. In fact, they used to rub the gums of babies who were teething with paragoric. By the way, paragoric's not over the counter anymore. You have to have a prescription to get it. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I think they... Maybe it's got an addictive quality to it or something. I, I don't know. I remember when they did it many, many years ago. But <laughs> I don't think you could really get addicted to it because if you could, I would, I would have gotten addicted because I had lots of stomach problems. I had seven major operations on my stomach by the time I was seven years old. So I had a lot of stomach pain. And we bought, we bought lots of Paragoric. And I drank lots of Paragoric. Never did learn to like it. My mother, would, my mama would try everything. She would get a big old, we, we get, she would take a big spoon and, and fill it with sugar. And then she would pour the paragoric on it and just put it in my mouth. And, and uh, I, I didn't like it that way. And then she'd mix it up in water and put uh, sugar in the water and try it. And it didn't work that way either. I never did learn to like it. But here's the point. The word paragoric means 
to alleviate pain. And that's what Paul is talking about when he talks about these people. These people that you never heard of, these people that didn't make the front page, these people that aren't on the platform when you come to church on Sunday, these people, but they're working together in the, in the body of Christ. They're working together. Paul said, these people have alleviated my pain. Aren't you glad that Paul had connection with those people? Aren't you glad? And that's why all of you are so important. There's no one in the body of Christ that's unimportant or unnecessary, not at all. Because we, as we share and as we love and as we pray for each other and as we, as we do what we do together in the fellowship and the foundation of faith, we become a blessing and a comfort and a help to each other. And we thank the Lord for that. Can somebody say amen? amen. The third point I want to make this morning about connection is that connection develops community. On the opposite side of that, hate and strife and division and resentment and prejudice and offense and selfishness, all of these things serve to divide us. All of these things serve to separate us. All of these things serve to push us apart and to keep us from each other. And the one thing that the enemy wants to do with all of us is to cause us to disconnect and cause us to divide and separate and have feelings of offense towards one another. And I want to tell you this morning that connection will create community. And when we have community, we learn to, we learn to overcome some of those things. How many of you understand, if you watch the news, you realize that we're living in a time when the enemy has pulled this out of his arsenal and is doing everything he possibly can to create division and strife in our culture. Amen? We, we see that all the time. We see it all the time. And everybody seems to be dividing up in camps. And you belong to this and you belong to that. And, and, and because we're not personally connected and we do so much uh, electronically now and, and so much of our, even our interaction is on social media we find it easy to throw word bombs at each other. Boy, we can just boom. Boy, you make a statement I don't like, then I can just fire back at you, and, and, and boy, I can just blast you out of the water. I can tell you on, I can tell you on Facebook or on Twitter, Twitter or, or on, on Instagram or, or whatever social media it might be out there, I can just tell you how stupid I think you are how, how ridiculous I think you are. And, and that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do because those word bombs create division. It drives us apart. You want to respond to that. You want to give your side of the story. But I want to tell you this morning, I can't, I can't help what happens out there in the culture, but I can help what happens here. Amen? And, and I can help what happens here. 
And we as a church can help what happens among us. We're called to be different from this world. We ought to be standing out. Jesus said, here's your identifying mark as a Christian. Don't tell me what church you belong to. Don't tell me, you know, what you believe and who you don't believe in and all of that stuff. Here's what tells the world that you're a Christian. They will know you by your love. The love that we have toward one another, that's how the world will know. So, <clears throat> so if I can connect with you, it will create community. And you'd just be amazed at how different you treat people in community. In other words, just turn your phone off, shut off your internet, just lay those things aside a minute and just get to know people. Connect with people. Talk to people. Get to know where they come, came from. There's a lot of people that, hey, hey, let, let, let me ask you this, and I won't ask for a show of hands or anything, but how many of you have met somebody and you, you know, the first time you met them, you just thought, man, I just don't like that guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you immediately put him on the grid and it goes through the grid and here's what comes out. You think he's a smart aleck or he's a, he's a hot dog or he's a, you know, he, he thinks he knows it all or, or he is, uh, he is so sour and so negative And so, and you get all these opinions about people, but then when you get to know them and you've, you get to know a little bit about them and you find out what they've been through and you find out where they come from all of a sudden those big old barriers begin to melt and you realize if I'd have grown up like that I'd have probably been the same way yeah if, if, if I'd have gone through what they'd gone through I might I might be the same place and the fact is, all they need is a little bit of love and a whole lot of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And, and that's how we develop community. And I, I've watched it through the years that we've had connect groups here in our church. And I've seen people get connected in those groups. And oh, what a blessing it is. Because in those groups, there gets to be community. And all of a sudden, people begin to open up a little bit and begin to share a little bit and then you begin to think oh my goodness and and you just you fall in love with them and you build friendships and we become so strong together it builds community builds community and i was going to close at this point with another video and i'm assuming we still don't have videos working back there is that true still not working Maybe we'll show these to you another Sunday because they're so, so good. Or maybe you'll want to come to the, eight, uh, the 9 o'clock service next week. Or, um. But Sister Robin West, many of you know Robin. She shared her testimony. And what a testimony. What a testimony. They've been through so much. Ralph went for a knee surgery that literally has gone on now for several years 
infections, almost lost his life several times, finally wound up with an amputation. Many times, Robin said, I was at the point where I didn't think I could go any further. But she said it was my connect group, those sisters in my group that let me know, call me at just the right time, give me the right word of encouragement, read the word of God to me, pray with me, whatever that has brought us through this. And now this morning, they, by the way, both of them, Ralph and Robin, were in the 9 o'clock service, and I talked to Ralph afterward. And I told him, I said, Ralph, you, you got a jewel there in Robin. He said, yeah. He said, if I could clone her, I'd have two of her. <laughs> but what a blessing that they found community in connectivity. Would you stand with me this morning, please? We're going to pray. I'm going to ask the prayer leaders if you'd come forward, please, those who have been assigned to help us today. Would you bow your head with me for a moment all over the building? Let me say this first and foremost, most important, more important than anything else that I can say or do today is to ask you, are you connected to Jesus? Do you know for sure if you were to die today that you'd go to heaven? If you're not sure, I challenge you, encourage you, plead with you to come and connect with Jesus today before you leave. Maybe you're standing here today and you say, well, preacher, there, there was a time that 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 I had a real good relationship with the Lord, but I've sort of allowed other things in life in general to sort of get in the way, and I'm not, I'm not as connected as I used to be. And I'd like to just renew that today, Rest, pray for restoration and, and just a healing in my heart and a, and a, a fervent connection with the Lord Jesus. And then beyond that, I want to speak to all of you that are going through some difficult times right now. You're standing here, you say, Preacher, today I'm struggling with my health. I need healing. Or you, you, you're standing here, you say, Preacher, I'm struggling today with relationships. My, my family's going through a tough time. We're, I'm battling with my kids, or I'm battling with my relatives, or I'm battling with my neighbors, or I'm battling at work. I'm a, uh, the, the enemy is, is trying to create division and, and, and it's just tough. And I just, I want to ask the Lord to help me today to get those connections as they should be for the glory of God. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe it's financial. You're struggling today. You, you don't know if anybody cares or if anybody understands, but you want to come today and, and just ask God to help you with that. You know, God could help you make one connection that, that could solve your problems. So important. Maybe it's your school. School's just getting started. 
whatever it is but you'd like to pray before you leave here this morning the altar is now open and I encourage you I invite you to come the altar is open God bless you all over the building from the back to the front from the balcony to the front seat wherever you are preachers somewhere in that group and the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now there's a desire to pray that's the Holy Spirit inviting you to come would you come and pray